0: And how about them tar heels? They are the national champion. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The tar heels are the national dadgum champion. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb runs straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnata.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys once again today. We got to get you ready for another matchup. Carolina returns to the hardwood tomorrow night at home in the Smith Center against the College of Charleston. So we're going to get you ready for Carolina's second game of the season, get you what Get you everything you need to know about the matchup with the Cougars. We'll even take a look back at last year's uh, contest as Carolina played Charleston last year and uh, as Carolina won on the road. See what they did well in that game that can translate over into this one. We'll give our keys to the game and more, but we start every edition of a preview edition of the podcast, as we always do, with our pod, Thought of the Day, which is brought to you by DraftKings. Visit DraftKings uh, either on the app or online. Use our promo code TBPN to activate our latest offer. And we go to one of the more uh, well-known figures in American history. And when you look at the history of the United States of America, the guy that you know invented electricity among a lot of different things, Ben Franklin. And Ben was one time quoted saying as such, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And you know, Carolina is now their journey to to get back to the Final Four, to get back to Monday night and win a national championship. It's underway. And all summer long, it was about them preparing for that journey with different expectations, with you know, with a different level of, of pressure. Around them because last year they weren't expected to do anything nationally. They weren't expected to go to a Final Four, play for a national title, or do any of that. And this year they are. They're the number one team in the country. They're the favorite to win the ACC. So, with all of those lofty goals and expectations comes pressure. And I think a lot of Tar Heel fans were, you know, they were jumping to conclusions the other night to say that this team isn't ready for you know the pressure and and you know they were highly overrated and everything after Monday night's performance but I I believe that the way that they handled that game the, the way they handled not shooting the ball well the way they handled not rebounding the ball well the way they handled all the negatives really just does show and prove that they are prepared for everything that's going to come their way and and now we get the pleasure of watching them you know, kind of do this and learn as they go game in game out and they have a chance now to really show what they learned from the other night. And the, one of the themes that Hubert Davis said in his post game was he couldn't wait to show the team the film because he thought they left a lot of they they left a lot of plays out on the court. He was he wasn't, you know, he wasn't too hard on to, to on himself to not credit UNCW and give them the credit for the things they did well for out rebounding Carolina for taking Carolina out of the open court. But he did say that he thought that 80% of the shots that Wilmington made were off of their mistakes. And he thought that everything that that went wrong on Monday was very easy, easy easily corrected. And so he was really anxious to get his team in the gym to get ready for Charleston. And Charleston's a, a familiar opponent, as this will be the 10th matchup between the Tar Heels and the Cougars. Carolina is 6-3 and three all time against the College of Charleston. They've won – the last two, including last year, 94-283, a road win, the first road win for Hubert Davis last season as Carolina's head coach. This will be the fifth time that Carolina has played Charleston as a ranked opponent. This will be their highest ranking as their previous high before tomorrow night's matchup as normal team in the country came back in 1999 when they were ranked second. And so, buddy, this is a, another opponent that's a mid-major. They're from the CAA, the same conference that we saw UNC Wilmington out of the other night. But we saw last year this was a game that Carolina was down double, or this was a team that Carolina was down double digits to. and even the year before that, even in the season opener. This is a this is a program that historically plays Carolina and plays Carolina tough. That's very evident by the three wins and even though the average Tar Heel fans gonna say, Oh, it's a mid major, what are you gonna learn? Those of us that 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 know Charleston know that their head coach Pat Kelsey is one of the better mid major coaches, fight frankly, one of the better coaches in college basketball, they'll be ready and prepared to give Carolina a test no matter what.
0: Well, yeah, I mean anybody yeah, anybody that says that you're not gonna learn anything from this team Uh, yeah, you don't really know a whole lot about college basketball. Yeah, we know, especially around here, we know Pat Kelsey is a tremendous head coach. He did outstanding things at Winthrop. And last year, keep in mind, that was his first year at Charleston. So, And look, that program was in a good spot, no doubt about it, when he took over. But at the same time, he's kind of just getting started there. And you're right. This is a team that comes out of the CAA. They're a team that was projected in the preseason poll ahead of that UNCW team that Carolina faced the other night. But at the same time, look, you got something to sort of take away. You got something to learn from now, tape wise. Because, you know, as much as you faced another team in the exhibition against Johnson C. Smith. Clearly, the difference in talent. It's it's so hard to take anything really away from those. Like you're you're playing a Division two, II, Division three opponent. A lot of the a lot of teams around the country are. And look, Carolina wasn't the only team that struggled out of the gate. There were other teams that had you know so that that were close at halftime or you know had similar struggles to what Carolina did. But I think you know th- this is a game where it's a team you're familiar with. Last year, you mentioned down double digits. Now, that was on the road, so this game at home should be a little bit easier, no doubt. You're also a much better team at this time this year than you were at this time last year. So I, I think there's no reason to, in my mind, be paranoid about Carolina losing this game. But yeah, I think Carolina is going to be motivated with you know the talks that already some people think this team's overrated this team really isn't that good, there's probably people already thinking that this team is going to be a lot like last year's team. So I think that this is a chance for Carolina to sort of respond to those critics and say, look, you can say whatever you want. If you think that we're that overrated already, whatever. But we're going to come out and prove that some of the flaws that we had in that game the other night against UNCW are not going to show up in this game against Charleston.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's there's nothing wrong with Carolina playing nervous the other night because this team and and um, these players, they haven't been in this situation really since they were a one seed in the NCAA tournament three years ago, and they haven't played as the number one team in the country in in seven years, which for Carolina – that's a really long time, and I thought it was something that Hubert Davis. I, I I was I gained a lot of respect for him admitting that about his team because some coaches are afraid to say like, hey, yeah, we 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 played nervous because he thinks it looks bad. It doesn't look bad. They're college kids, and, and and so this is going to be part of it. And, and so while the other night they didn't answer a whole lot of the questions the way we wanted them to, even this game tonight or tomorrow night. They won't be able to answer all the the questions that we have about them, but they can take a step. And even though this team does return four starters, there's because they do return their, tea, their, their 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 two key bench players. We did learn there tonight. Look, they still got some things they've got to work out on the offensive end of the court, and this is what these games these opponents is all about is to help you get you ready for the PK85 in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then of course the Gauntlet that is the ACC Let's transition over to the opponent's side of things. And as of recording, Charleston is currently 1-0. and They beat Chattanooga 85-78 to on Monday night. They host Oakland tonight. So they'll either enter the game at 2-0 or they'll come in with an even 1-1 record. Um, they were picked to finish fourth in the CAAA. And this was the team that eliminated UNC Wilmington last year in the, CIA, in the CAA tournament. And we know just how good Wilmington was last year, and they looked very much the part to be ready to to go back and compete in the CAA. And we were talking dumbfounded about them being picked to finish fifth. And here comes Charleston, their pick to finish fourth. Um, and we, we just lamented about the job that Pat Kelsey has done there, he just signed the number one recruiting class uh, among mid-major programs in college basketball. <laughs> it's not shocking, man. So he he's continuing to do kind of the same thing he did at Winthrop, which he had built Winthrop into arguably maybe the med- the, the the best you know a uh, program in college basketball from a one bid conference. He's starting to pretty much do the same thing. At Charleston, and this is a guy that uh, you know. We they, they they play a very aggressive style of basketball. They're not going to be afraid to run up and down the court with Carolina, um, as we saw last year when they built that double-digit lead on on the Tar Heels. And and so this is this is going to be a game that, uh, you know, Carolina, if 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 they come out and they play with the with the you know, and they're less anxious and they're less nervous. They're probably going to win the game more comfortably. The thing I like about this game the most was kind of like Monday's game. You're going to see so many different looks, and, and Charleston's going to have to do so many different things to try to just compete with you, let alone try to beat you, that the, the things that you got to do in this game, they'll show up later down the road, and that's what I really took away from Monday's win. Was that Carolina in the first game of the year proved themselves, well, hey, we can win when we, we only shoot twenty percent from three. Mm-hmm. Or we can win where we get out rebounded because well, as much as I don't want it to happen, it's an it's impossible to ask a team to win the rebounding margin every night out. So Carolina found out a lot about itself and this is another chance for the Heels to find out more about themselves on a Friday night.
0: Yeah, it's a different team, no doubt about it. This is a team that shot twenty nine three pointers in the game the other night against Chattanooga. They rely heavily on their outside shooting. And, I mean, from what we saw last year, you would kind of expect that. Um, Rain Smith, who's their top player, a guy that we became very familiar with last season, he knocked down five threes from the outside. He had 24 points to lead them. So it's a team that plays from the outside in. And that's what Carolina's got to be ready for. And we talked about it. We saw the four-guard lineup at a time the other night. Um, I don't know if we're going to see a ton of that in this game, but I think you are going to see this is going to be a game that Carolina has to take care of things on the perimeter. And, yeah, like you said, one of the things that Carolina struggled with a year ago that kind of let Charleston uh, be able to get out to that lead and ultimately have success offensively was Carolina turned the ball over a lot in that game. They have to avoid that in this one. They didn't really turn the ball over a lot the other, in the other night. But one thing that you saw that was reminiscent of last year was there was just a point in time where Carolina had a stretch of turnovers that would kind of leave you scratching your head. And that's the thing that Carolina's got to avoid. You got to avoid that stretch where you're turning the ball over multiple times and allowing Charleston, to stack buckets, three, four, five in a row. The thing that Carolina has to realize in this game is, look, UNC Wilmington the other night really struggled shooting the ball. You have multiple stretches where they went without scoring for six-plus minutes. That's probably not going to happen in this game. So offensively, you've got to take a little bit of a different approach to this game, and I think one of the approaches has to be to put the ball inside. Put the ball inside to Armando Baycott and go to work. Put the ball inside and let Pete Nance get comfortable playing down there on the block. Let those guys do what they do best. And I think Carolina can have some success in this game.
1: Let's take a look back at last year's matchup because this this is a this is a rare game that that will still kind of translate to this year because Charleston's leading scorer is back. Uh, their leading scorer off the bench in, in last year's game, he's back. So there's, there's a lot of familiar faces. So a lot of the same stuff you saw on the that, that was on the scouting report for Charleston will be back on for this one. Carolina won ninety four to eighty three. They overcame a six point deficit at halftime. They outscored Charleston fifty eight to forty one in the second half. Carolina shot fifty four percent from the field. They were thirty two of fifty nine led by Armando Bacot, who had 24 points and 12 rebounds. His first real major monster game, and it was really a sign of things to come for him. Caleb Love was sensational for Carolina. He scored 22 points uh, off 6 of 14 shooting. He grabbed 7 rebounds, handed out 6 assists. But most notably for Carolina was they got 31 points off the bench from two guys who are on the roster this year. Mm-hmm. That is the now graduated Brady Manick and the now transferred Kerwin Walton, who was now resurfaced at Texas Tech. So that that's really one thing that really stands out from last year's game that's not going to be available for Carolina this year. And Carolina last year in this game only played eight players. So it was the it was the third game of the year, and it was a game and a lot of it was because Carolina had to fight an uphill battle. They 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 got down double digits, they had to work themselves back in, back into the game. Wasn't a whole lot of, of, of time for, for Huber Davis to do what he did the other night, which was play different lineups, uh, you know, and, and really experiment with the guys that are not going or, 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 or that are going to play this year. That wasn't available to them last year. Then you flip it over to the Charleston side of things. They scored 83 points, which for a mid-major is really, really high. They only shot, you know, 36% from the field, but they made 11 threes. So as you could expect, as a mid-major, that's going to be their way to compete. Their leading scorer in the game last year, Rain Smith, you mentioned he's back. Their leading scorer off the bench in this game last year, Ben Burnham, he's back. He scored 17 for Carolina in this matchup a year ago. But two other guys that uh, played a really big part off the bench for Car- for Charleston, they're gone that combined to score 23 points in last year's game. So, like like Carolina, Charleston has some guys that are back from last year that have some success, but they also lost some guys that were a big part of Charleston They're being able to compete as hard as they did with Carolina. You have, to, you have to imagine that favors Carolina this time more around, that Charleston, as of right now, isn't as deep as they were a year ago.
0: Well, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and I think Carolina is much more deep than they were a year ago. I don't see any way that Carolina only plays eight players in this game. I, I mean, after what we saw the other night, there will definitely be more guys that will be on the court for this game. The thing that I think is most encouraging, if you look at this, I Charleston is not – their their system is not much different than a year ago. And a lot of their players are still relatively the same. They didn't – I, I. it doesn't seem like they have – the strength inside. They got out-rebounded the other night by Ch- by Chattanooga. So I would expect after getting out-rebounded against UNC Wilmington and with a team in Charleston that is built to be a smaller team that kind of lives you know, on the perimeter, I don't think there is any way that Armando Baycott does not go off in this game. Um, as you mentioned last year, 24 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 blocks. Uh, he was a monster inside in this game. I expect him to have a big game in this one once again. And here's the other thing: it wasn't just him. Dawson Garcia in this game, eight rebounds. Brady Manick in this game, nine rebounds. So I, I think Carolina should be able. This is, you know, Pat Kelsey's a heck of a coach, but he's a, this is a team that's not built to kill people on the glass. I don't think they're a team that's built to be as physical as UNCW was the other night. So that should be an area where Carolina is able to have some success. And then, yeah, in terms of what they bring back, I mean, look, Rain Smith, at the time last year when you played them, I don't know if... I mean, we knew Leaky Black was a good defender, but I don't think we were at the point where we could just say, Hey, we need you to we we need you to guard to, to switch onto their best player and pretty much follow him anywhere he goes. That that wasn't the plan early on last year. That became the plan later in the year. Now, you would imagine that's what Leakey's going to be doing most of the night. And in terms of Ben Burnham off the bench, well Carolina's got to find a way to neutralize those guys. The most important thing that Carolina has to do in this game is to take away the perimeter shooting. And what was one of the things that we talked about the other night, we thought Carolina did a tremendous job in on-ball defense. Well, you got to be able to do that once again in this one. It'll also be interesting to see, you know, one thing that I thought Wilmington did that kind of shocked me a little bit with how much success they had early. They they really stopped screening about, you know, midway through that first half. And, and, and after that, you never really saw it come back. They didn't go screen heavy. This is a team, because they live on the perimeter, that will probably screen you a lot. So how does Carolina react to that, especially some of the younger guys like Seth Trimble and Tyler Nickel who probably haven't seen a lot of that? You know, I mean, they've seen it probably in practice, but they haven't seen it at the college level. How do they react to that? That's going to be important for Carolina in this game.
1: We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you this week's ad from DraftKings, and when we come back, we'll give our keys to the game, pick the game, and more on the Four Corners Podcast back right after this.
0: As if the McCrispie couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time.
1: NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a same game parlay and continue multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. So whether you're betting the upcoming Panther game, if you're me, you know, as as a Dallas Cowboy fan, my co-host is a New York Giants fan, you can do all this and more at DraftKings Sportsbook. With bigger payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage Lots of the great offers I've been giving you on the Four Corners side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Let's transition now to our keys of the game for Carolina, and and the first one I wrote down isn't really more about because I'm concerned about what Charleston can and will do. It's about what I want Carolina to do, and that's rebound. I wrote, there we there go. go. Check it
0: off. I Check wrote it, it down.
1: Off. Rebound. Rebound. Rebound and look, I know I said in in the in the post game or in, in our in our recap of UNC Wilmington, there were a lot of rebounds that were out of Carolina's control. The way the ball just came off the iron, there was nothing. Even if Carolina was in the most perfect position, they were they they would have not have gotten the rebound. And those types of plays you can't you can't complain about. As much as I want to, you can't do it. But there were a few times where Pete Nance got too, sucked too far underneath the basket and he took himself out of rebounding position. There were times I thought Leaky Black, Caleb Love, RJ Davis, they didn't give that extra hustle, that extra effort to go get that loose ball. And, and so, you know, we talk about seeing this team come out and, and play with a championship mindset, a championship pedigree. I'm not saying they didn't do it the other night. I'm saying they didn't do it to the level that I wanted them to do it. And it started on the glass. I mean, Armando Baycott still grabbed nine rebounds and sat on the bench for over six minutes. It's not him I'm worried about. Pete Nance still grabbed six rebounds. But we've said that Carolina's got to do it collectively. It's got to be, you know, all five starters and the guys come off the bench. And now granted, your best rebounder off the bench didn't play. That was Puff Johnson don't know if he's gonna play tomorrow't I mean, he, he didn't
0: even dress that's the thing that's probably the most discouraging so yeah so
1: you you need all five guys going going to the board on both sides of the court I want all five you know you want you want to be attacking the the defensive and the offensive glass because like you did this in, in this matchup a year ago where you won the rebounding matchup. Forty nine two thirty six. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to wear down an over. You know, a under uh, a a overmatched, undersized opponent.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I think Charleston is kind of walking into the worst case scenario. You're walking into a team that has one of the best rebounders in the country. I don't care what happened the other night. That doesn't really matter to me. He got off to a slow start last year, and as you mentioned, the game against Charleston was probably the game that sort of got him on track in terms of what he eventually went on to do. Um, But I think if you're Charleston, you're walking in with a team that is probably heard for this entire week about the fact that they got out-rebounded by UNCW. So... I think there's going to be extra motivation here, and you're right. For me, I mean, look, I, I want to see other guys step up, but here's the thing: I also want to see someone like Dontre Styles play a little bit more in this game because I think he's a he's about as good of a rebounder as you have off the bench right now. You mentioned Puff Johnson is your best rebounder off the bench. Well, Dontre Styles isn't really that far behind him. That is one area that he has. Really improved upon this year uh, in the offseason. And it showed so far. I mean, even the other night, you know, played three minutes, grabbed two rebounds, but they were really strong rebounds. It's a guy that looks confident when he's going up to rebound the basketball. So, yeah, you want to see that. You want to see it from Pete Nance, too. But this is, to me, this is one I, I don't worry at all about this from Carolina because I think this has been drilled into their head. Over and over again by Hubert, by Sean May. Uh, It's look, it it can't, it cannot happen again because if you do this later on in the year against a team that shoots a lot better than Wilmington does, you're going to be in trouble. So I think Carolina realizes that and, you know, they've got the size advantage in this game. I think they should be able to take care of this, but no doubt that it is a key to what Carolina does.
1: The second key I have to the game, especially if this game gets put in the half-court, is ball movement. And I thought the other night, and this is going to be something that as much as you know, you got frustrated the other night and as much as I got frustrated the other night, and I'm sure Tar Heel fans, even the players and the coaches, it's going to be a work in progress because you've got to learn how to play with Pete Nance just like you had to learn last year how to play with Brady Manick. uh, And a lot of it's because Brady Manick came off the bench the first half of the year before becoming a starter. But the ball has got to move. And this is something that Carolina's backcourt combo of Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, they're both learning how to be aggressive facilitators because we still need them to put the ball in the basket. But we still, but we need them to to move the ball and run the offense, and a lot of that does come with player movement without the ball as well. But you're going to see a team that's going to play very aggressive defensively. The ball is going to be double when it goes into the post. Mm-hmm. They're going to do a lot of different things at you. The best way to beat the defense is to move the ball, and make them move their feet. And so, I, I I don't anticipate Carolina having just four assists. I mean, that was anonymously because it was the first time in 42 years that happened but you want to start seeing this offense trend to getting back up to 17, 18 assists the other night. That's why I do think you'll actually see that four guard lineup on the court more often than not, Mm. because it, because when you have four guards, it's easier to move the ball because you've got four ball handlers without, you know, with, with, with Nance and Bay on the court, they're right there take away two guys and Leakey's not a bad guy, but you know, it's, it's all, it's also not his strength. So, I think the one thing Carolina's got to do is move the ball, make that Charleston defense work, and if they if if they work and you miss shots, you'll live with it. But if you're if you're making it easy for them to defend, and your offense struggles, you can only blame yourself.
0: Well, they got to resemble kind of what the team on the other side's going to do to them, because I think Charleston is going to move the ball extremely well. That's how they're going to want to play. Um, they're perimeter oriented, so they're going to want to move the ball around. But for Carolina, I think you know the other night. I didn't really think the ball movement was the problem. I think it was the it, it it was the movement without the basketball for Carolina. There were way too many times that guys were just standing around. And I thought that was one of the biggest issues that we saw the other it, it was it, it was something that we saw at times early last year and they sort of got themselves out of it once they got into conference play. But the the thing is, is look, man, Armando is a great player. There were way too many times where he got the ball in his hands, you knew the double was coming, and you still had guys that were kind of just standing around watching the play. That can't happen. You've got to move without the basketball. If you move without the basketball, I think the ball movement will be there. And again, the other night, like you said, I think there was that element of times where you move the basketball very well, you got open looks and you just missed shots. I thought there were a few instances of that the other night. But yeah, in order for Carolina to have success in this game, especially if they are going to play that that four guard lineup like you're saying, they they have to move the ball better because that's the only way that's going to that that they're going to be able to score offensively if they have that lineup on the floor. But again, to me, it's more important that you see the guys moving without the basketball. That's the key to Carolina's offense, I think, taking a step in this one.
1: The last key I have is to limit turnovers. Carolina, in this game last year, committed 17 of them, albeit that game was on the road. But 17 turnovers is still a lot. And in Charleston's opener against Chattanooga, they force twenty one, and so we just talked about you know they play with a level of aggression defensively. They're going to they're going to press Carolina. They're going to double team Carolina. They're going to do a lot of different things. Carolina's got to be strong with the ball. They just committed they only committed nine turnovers the other night. Mm-hmm. It's a healthy number. I always say if you commit between eight to ten with the amount of possessions we typically play at, it's really hard to com- it's really hard to complain about that amount of turnovers. I do feel like this game will be high possession because Carolina wants to run and Charleston won't be afraid to run with Carolina, but with that you got to value the ball, you've got to protect the ball. Again, four guards, more ball handlers, mm-hmm. you would feel a lot more comfortable playing faster and limiting turnovers. I do think though that's the best, you know, rebounding and limiting turnovers is the best way for Carolina to avoid, find themselves in a situation like they were there night playing a game a little bit closer than they wanted to at the under-eight-minute timeout or even the under-four.
0: Well, I mean, you said it last year. I mean, last year the reason that they were in the lead, the reason that they played as well as they did a year ago in this matchup, was that Carolina turned the ball over a ton. And once they settled that down late in the game, it allowed Carolina to eventually take over and win. They just they have to avoid they have to avoid this happening again. And I don't the other night. I I thought they had they took care of the ball well, extremely well for the majority of the night. It's like I said, you just have those times where you turn the ball over a couple of possessions in a row, to you know two out of three. You've got to avoid that those types of things happening and not letting this team gain some confidence on the offensive end. Because this is a much different team than UNC Wilmington. If this team gets into a shooting rhythm, it is going to be tough to slow them down, especially with how many threes they shoot. So, yes, you have to avoid giving them extra opportunities in this game. And I I trust these guys a lot more than a year ago. Last year at this time, when they turned it over 17 times, I mean, were we really all that shocked that they turned it over 17 times? Nope. That was kind of, you know, business is normal for for this group. We we had, you know, these games that we saw from Caleb Love where he would turn it over five, six times. R.J. Davis would have trouble hanging on to the basketball at times. They're a much more experienced group, and there's reason to feel confident in the fact that they will be able to hold on to it in this one but yeah there's no denying that they have to be able to take care of the basketball combined with that ability to move the ball and share it and you know have more assists than they did a year ago or at, or in or uh, in the game against UNC Wilmington or else they could be in for another one that's a bit of a nail biter
1: carolina enters the game with an 88.9% chance to win according to espn's Basketball power index. Does Carolina win? Uh yeah. Yeah. No, I think they I think they win. I, I you know
0: it's hard to say that I think this game is going to be a blowout. I don't I don't think it will. But I do think this will be a lot like the other night, maybe a little bit more comfortable though. And I say a lot like the other night in the fact Carolina, I feel like will be in control of this game the entire way. You'll never feel like, oh, man, Carolina's about to lose this game. But there probably will be some people that will still say to themselves, we feel like Carolina should have dominated by more. This is the thing about the College of Charleston. They're a well-coached team. They've got some veterans that are a part of this group. This is another one of those teams, mid-major-wise. Again, it's from the same conference that UNC Wilmington is in. This is another one of those teams that I think is going to be really, really solid this year, and especially with the talent that they brought in, as you were mentioning earlier, the number one class amongst all mid-majors. So I think Carolina gets a little bit of a test in this one, but I think it'll be a relatively comfortable win for Carolina on Friday night, and they do advance to 2 L.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think Carolina wins, and I don't know if it's going to be a quote-unquote blowout. I do think you'll see the team closer to the team we wanted to see on Monday than not. I think it'll be, first off, a much more earlier tip I think played a role and uh, will play a role in this one because waiting around till 9 o'clock is, is, is just a really long time. And I think Carolina will be – I think they'll be motivated to come out and show that while they didn't look good the other night, that's not who they are. That they, they are they are a team that's capable of handling everything that's being asked of them. You know, uh, as 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 the hope is to get back to the Final Four and win the national championship. So I do think we'll see a better a better performance from the Tar Heels, therefore leading to a much more comfortable win. Well, no matter what, we'll have you covered at heeltoughblog.com where we encourage you guys to visit for the latest basketball and football coverage. You can go back and check out everything from the win over Wilmington. There will be a preview up for tomorrow's matchup against Charleston, and then of course night of. There will be a recap article uh, on the website as well as a recap edition of the podcast, which I'll tell you about later. As for the football side of things for the website, Carolina's at Wake Forest at 730 on Saturday. This is a really good chance for Carolina to, first off, clinch the ACC Coastal. Drake May can add to his Heisman candidacy and a whole lot more. Anthony will have you covered with a preview, and then, of course, we will have you cover the recap There will be a trench report, a stock report, and hopefully Ashton's analysis as he comes off the pine after dealing with an illness. As for the podcast, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up where we encourage you guys to rate and review, but most importantly, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show during the basketball season. We're hoping to preview and recap games as individually as possible. There will be special guests and interviews and all the like during the season, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the calendar year. Well, with that, I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels!
0: Go to the national championship! <laughs> Duke season is over and they retire!